This is FBG Jen. And FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo and on the line today we have FBG Jen. And we have FBG Kristen. Did you just say, oh, Jen? That's only her too. It was to cut out. I legitimately said, hello. <laughs> well, welcome. Like, what are you doing over there? I'm like, the next sounds will be A and then E. <laughs> we're good at vowels. Oh, welcome to the Fit Fall Girls podcast. We're a little punchy today because we're doing this pre-show right after an interview, which we've never done before, you guys, right? I think we're feeling a little whiplash from that. We just had this really excellent interview with Sharin Eskandani, and this is the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, and if you leave a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the air, and you can find us on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, and if you have any questions or concerns or guest ideas, email them to us at at podcast (laughs) at fitbottomgirls.com all right guys so let's talk about Sharin how do you know her because I love this interview she is so warm and so wonderful so Sharin is a life coach Kristen and I we were invited to participate in this event for 109 in retreat it was it was awesome it was like a small group of like minded women and we did all kinds of work but she was one of the fellow presenters and Kristen and I we just like hit it off with her we're like oh my gosh we loved we loved your session and then we talked with her later and we're like oh my gosh you're an opera singer and you're a life coach and you're super interesting and you work out and you have this weight loss journey and you have all these interesting thoughts and all interesting tips and we're like I wish that we could just take the conversation that we'd had at 109 and turn it into a podcast episode because it was so good but actually what we just did the interview that we have with her is it's even better than I feel like what we had at, at 109. She's just so warm and has so many good tangible tips for being happy, being healthy and taking care of yourself. Yeah, she does. And you know, the, the thing that struck me from like the very second I saw her was this woman has presence. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, before she said a word, before I knew anything about her, that really struck me. And I think that that comes through pretty well in just through the sound waves in this interview, too. But um, it really it makes me think like if you guys she's in New York, she's based there. Um, If you have the chance to like work with her or go see her speak, I really would recommend it because she really just um, she blew me away just kind of by being there. Um, and then everything else that she brought to the table was amazing. So really, really powerful. She's so warm, too. Yeah. Oh, She's I, kind uh, of easy to, like, just open up about, you know? Yeah. Well, I got to I got to hug her for an extended period at our retreat. That's right. Um, so, yes, she's a, she's a good hugger. I'll tell you that. She's wonderful. And Kristen's favorite thing to do is hug. I if know. Anyone, I was no, you're breaking those boundaries on us. Oh, yeah. You have no idea. That was... Staring into people's eyes and all sorts of stuff. It was exciting. You're going to be into small talk soon. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Look at me becoming warm and less awkward every day. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> so, so Jen, ta- tell us about, um, you loved her take on mantras. Yes. So I, I feel like so often you get advice and I'll admit, like we've talked about our mantras and we recommend that people get mantras. Um, but I think sometimes they're like, eh, mantras don't work. And I think she really nailed nailed it as to why sometimes they don't work and how you can actually get them to work. And she said in this interview, you know, basically that if, if someone gives you a mantra and then like, I am beautiful. And then you say it to yourself in the mirror and you don't believe it, it doesn't have any power. So you kind of almost need to find like a bridge mantra or something in between just something that you just, you, you can kind of believe or have an openness to believe for it to work. And so um, for anyone, I feel like who has like, you know what, this hippie stuff does not work for me. I don't care how many times I tell myself I'm beautiful or I'm worthy or something like, I just don't feel it. Just don't give up on the mantras. Listen to this interview and then just see, she gives some other great examples of kind of bridge mantras. See if you can find another one that, you know, you create that does feel right to you and that you can use because they really can be an, a really powerful tool in your self-care toolbox, um, if you will, which sounds kind of cheesy, but I think we all need a lot of self-care and self-love these days. Wasn't there something you like really you were digging on? Me? Yeah, from the center oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, she also talks about how, um, she really has been trying to focus on not worrying and it got this whole thing going in my brain because this is something I feel so strongly about because I was like, I mean, I have spent a lot of my life worrying and worrying and worrying really hard. And I was very, very good at it. And I could worry circles around things that really didn't matter at all. But I felt like as long as I was worrying, that was the same as doing something about it. And if I could, if I would, could worry enough about somebody or about a cause or about a problem, then maybe I was helping somebody in some way. But you know what? That is bullshit. That is not true. It's a lie. Worrying doesn't help anybody. And it only, the only thing worrying does is it serves to make you less effective at actually doing something about it. And that took me, I mean, I knew this in my head. I, I mean, it was probably said to me a thousand times. And then maybe five years ago, I started actually hearing it. And then it's been, I mean, I'm still getting better about it. And I still have to remind myself that me worrying doesn't fix the problem. But, oh, I just, as soon as she said that, like, bells started going off. Because she doesn't quite go into that, but I think they're pretty pretty well tied together. And so I just wanted to share that because I'm not always full of like great, you know, pearls of wisdom here, but guys, that's a good one. Like write it down. I know what I'm talking about here. Worrying doesn't help. It doesn't actually help anybody and it sure as hell doesn't help you. No, I can, I can, I I can, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I can feel that right I'm because I'm dealing, I'm rehabbing an injury right now and my friend will never listen to this that I'm talking about, but I have one friend literally (laughs) who kept texting me. I'm so worried about you because you can't move very much and stuff like that. Like that doesn't help me. Like my friend that like just shows up like, do you need me to feed your cats? Do you need me to pick up that (laughs) bottle for you? Oh, that helps me. That's, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) That's helpful. But somebody like screaming at me, you know, I'm so worried right now. Like, Right. I know when she said that, I'm like, oh, my God. And, and I'm saying this as a former I'm going to say a former warrior right now, because I'm trying to put that shit to the side, too, because it doesn't really help myself. And like you said, it does not help anybody else. 
And I think she's mentioned in this that she just written a blog post about the worrying thing about how it was a worry free summer. So right. let's find that link. Make sure it's in the pre-show um, notes. And then my other thought was there is, okay, so part of the 109 event that we did, sorry, I'm like literally Googling as we talk. They sent us home with a book from Amber Ray that was about choose wonder over worry. And um, Kristen, have you been reading that? I have not yet. Okay, so I've read about three quarters of it, and I love it. It's so good. So I think if you're looking, if this like whole worry conversation that we're having right now is like resonating for you and you're like, whoa, bells and whistles, I need more help. I want to help do that. Let's make sure we'll link out to the book, this book, and we'll link out to um, Sharon's blog post on it and see if we can get some some good stuff going and maybe we'll have a whole other podcast episode about worrying because I think there's a lot here I think that's so a great subject to do in the future Let, let's put that down you guys let's do that in the future because yes. uh, yeah I think it'd be really helpful to people yeah you too but you know what if we don't get to it don't worry about ah! it don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. don't worry about your worry <laughs> all right let's just get into this interview today you guys sounds good Hey, just before our interview today with Sharin, we are actually sponsored, you guys. We have a brand new sponsor. Jen, please, can you talk about them today? I'm so excited. I have been working with actually the owner of Inspire Baths. And she has put together some amazing products. Um, and I've had a number of like just different conversations with her. And she's just she's just the real deal. She literally, she's into essential oils and some other kind of beauty products and has an official store in Weston, Missouri, which is just, you know, a couple hours up the road from me in Kansas City, Missouri. But she decided like, hey, I want to do something in the world that's that, that changes the world. And I am creating this Inspire line to inspire other people and to pay it forward. So she created these really amazing deodorant sprays and deodorant um, lotions that have been great. We were all sent them because we were like, well, obviously we have to try this before we'll talk about it on the podcast before you can be a sponsor because we want everything to be, you know, completely organic and authentic and stuff we really, really love and really, really recommend. And so we all got it and we tried it and we're like, wow, this is amazing. And there are so many different deodorants that are on the market that are that are natural. But this one is um, it's it's by far my favorite one that I've tried. It's oil free, paraben free, baking soda free, aluminum free. It smells great. They come in different scents, some of them, and then she names them like Be Bold or Confidence. So what I kind of love is when you go and you pick one up to use and you spray it, you get this conscious or not little reminder that says oh yeah by the way be bold be confident today and it's really cool and then every single time that you buy one she actually donates one to a um to the saint joseph missouri w ywca for their their women's and domestic shelter so and home for women's and families so it's it's kind of just this amazing feel good thing where, you know, you're supporting a women owned business, you're supporting a women owned business who's giving back and you're getting a product that is really healthy for your body and your skin. And it works really, really well. Um, you can get more information on her at order something for yourself at inspirebath.com. Uh, makes a great gift for yourself, makes a great gift for other people. Um, as we go into the holiday season here, it makes for a really, really good stocking stuffer. And she's also really, really fun to follow on Instagram, inspirebathco. And we've done a little bit of 
promo for them as well on our Instagram page at Fit Bottom Girl. So definitely check it out. And I think coming soon, we're going to be working with her a little bit more and share some really fun ways for you to be able to use these deodorant sprays, not just under your armpits, <laughs> although they work really well there, but you can also kind of use them as a spray, like in your gym bag, in your rooms, on your rugs, in your car. They can be really used in a variety of different ways. So how have you guys been using them and what have you been doing with them? Yeah, so I I am also really digging them. One thing that I think was was interesting to learn um, because I have not been a user of natural deodorants is you know it's like it's not necessarily a put it on in the morning and then never think about it again. Like you can reapply it kind of throughout the day if you're having a you know a really busy day where you are maybe sweating a little bit more than than just your typical casual super relaxed time, um, which is nice because you get that little, you know, a, a boost of like a really lovely fragrance. And that same reminder that you were talking about, Jen, where, you know, it's like, yes, be bold. Cool. I'll keep being bold. Got this. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. I like how it's pulled on there. It says, can be explained in three words. Go for it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is, this is our kind of thing here. <laughs> totally. I love the body lotion. I th- it smells so good and it feels really nice on your skin. And I've been using actually even on my feet because my feet have been kind of dry lately and you put that on with like a nice heavy sock and you wake up and it's just really, really nice and soft in the mornings, but it's good on your elbows and, but it also just really smells really nice. And yeah, this is one of my favorites we've done. And I love the motivation body spray. I just Mm. think that's my favorite. Yeah. I'm a big be bold. Yeah. Be bold. I think my husband, he's, he's used the, um, the confidence one a little bit more. So that's kind of funny, but they all smell great. I love them. We so, love them. Thank you, Inspire Bath. Definitely check them out. Um, we're going to be doing more with them and talking about them the more. And again, if you want to support a, you know, a women-owned business who is giving back and get something really great for yourself that's really healthy for your skin and your body and works, check them out. Sharin Eskandani is a former opera singer and a current certified professional life coach accredited by the International Coach Federation. Her holistic approach to transformation is influenced by meditation, spirituality, and the arts. Her work has been featured in Cosmopolitan Magazine and The Today Show. In addition to working with private clients, she does public speaking and leads workshops around New York City on wellness and mindset. Welcome to the show, Sharin. Hi. Hi, this is FBG Margot, and on the line today we have FBG Jen. Hello. And we have FBG Kristen. Hi. And I am excited because I get to ask you the very first question. So please give us a little bit of backstory about your musical life and how on earth does one evolve from being an opera singer to a life coach? Because we need to hear about this journey. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty interesting journey. Uh, so I, um, from when I was a really, really young, I wanted to be, uh, I used to call it an opener. And, um, so I wanted to, to be, uh, an opera singer and, um, I sued that dream. I came from a musical family. I never thought it was like a weird life path. My family was just supportive of me. And so I questioned my dream and I really just went for it. And so I myself in New York, uh, doing my master's in my, uh, early 20s and I was a uh, professor in opera here and, you know, literally for me, all of my childhood dreams came true. After I graduated, I was working full-time as a singer. And um, 
you know, in my early thirties, I had pretty much like my, my ultimate childhood dream came true when the Metropolitan Opera is the number one opera house in the entire world, um, offered me a contract to sing my dream role in my dream opera. And this moment was kind of a huge aha moment for me, um, because I remember getting the call, I got the job and I like squealing and I was so happy. And then I got the contract and I looked at the contract and I think, um, something shifted inside me and I looked at it and just thought, Oh my God, I don't deserve this. Like total syndrome. I was like, I don't deserve this. I'm good enough for this. Now I'm going to show up to the first day of rehearsal and people are going to be like, how did this woman get this job? And um, it was an aha moment for me where I realized that it's not our circumstances in life that make us happy, not our circumstances that make us feel fulfilled, that make us feel like we are good enough. Um, it's that how we are like living our lives on the inside and how we perceive the world. And I just realized that, you know, I had been living this life, you know, I'd always been a really positive, happy person, but I wasn't really working on my happiness or my joy or my level of fulfillment outside of like what I was being given in the world outside of circumstance and everything was contingent on the next job I got or the next relationship I was in or, you know, the amount of weight I lost. And so I realized, oh my gosh, I have to create that for myself. And so, um, I, I started working on mindfulness and mindset, you know, I started meditating. I really got into Buddhism and then I found a life coach and I was like, what the heck is this? This seems really hippy dippy, but I, but I went for it and it literally transformed my life. It transformed my life and it made me realize that, um, that I also loved coaching. And so, um, while I was getting ready for, to sing at the Metropolitan Opera, I had a year and a half and I was working with this coach and I was also training to become a coach. And, um, I say that my biggest success in life was I went to the Metropolitan Opera and I enjoyed every second of the experience. I messed up and I still enjoyed it. I did really well and I still enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I ran the gamut of everything and it was because of the work I was doing with my coach. It was that mindset work. It was that mindful this work. And so, um, once I finished that job, I realized, you know what, I, I think I really, really love this coaching thing. And, um, now I do a little bit of both, but I do a lot more coaching because it just brings me so, so much joy to work with other people and to connect with them. So that's my story. It's such a good story. And you can <laughs> obviously see why, like we all hit it off at one Oh nine and we're like, this is our girl. Like we love her. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to tell you, uh, just sort of a personal side note that Every single time I try to write opera, I always write Oprah. I like, know. I... <laughs> I just like to think that Oprah is just so much in my subconscious that that's always what I do. But that's, that's not my question. That's just a side note. So when we were together at the 109 retreat, we had a, um, a fascinating conversation that I thought um, that was kind of all about opera singing and how it, it has these different parallels to working out. Mm -hmm. And we got to hear you sing. And it was incredible and I don't even know how good like the acoustics were for that sort of thing but it just <laughs> sounded amazing um but can you talk a little bit about how how singing is like working out 
Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of parallels. Whenever someone asks me, you know, what is it like to be a singer? I always say like, just think of a professional athlete. It's the same thing. You really have to make a lot of sacrifices and changes to your life and lifestyle um, in order to have a really successful career. So, you know, you always have a team of people who are working with you. Um, I have a singing teacher and I have my a singing coach as well. It also just requires like a lot of lifestyle changes. So, you know, a lot of my friends, I know they don't drink, uh, they don't eat certain food. Foods. They don't, um, you know, like really crazy things. Like if you have a performance coming up, you don't want to get in an argument with your partner, you know, like, cause that's going to be the worst thing for your voice is to cry or to yell. And so it's this life of just like this fixation and obsession with this, with this thing, which is your voice. And so you are every day you're training, you're practicing, you're trying to get better at things. Um, you know, there becomes an obsession with, with betterment. And, and I think sometimes you get lost because you forget about the growth that you, that you've had, you know, especially with like, if you're, you know, working out and stuff, I can definitely relate with that where it's like, okay, you have a goal, but you also have to be aware of where you've come from and to be thankful for where you are in the present. So singing can become a little obsessive where you're just always trying to be better, um, always comparing yourself and just, so I would say those are the kind of things that pop out my mind right now with the correlation. So I want to go back to, um, you mentioned something in your first answer about how you chose to find joy no matter what. Yes. And, um, I, you know, I, I love this whole topic. I think we talked about it a lot in New York and I think that it's one thing to say like, yes, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to choose to be happy and see, you know, see the good and see the joy in everything. It's a whole nother thing to, you know, go into something major like your dream job and have a time where you screw up and still find a way to be happy and enjoy it and have a great time. So I wonder if you could offer some um, some kind of tangible tips for how people can incorporate into incorporate this into their own lives in real situations where like, yeah, things are not going to go perfectly. But then how do you still choose to be joyful, choose to be happy in that moment. Yeah. Joy for me is like the basis of the work that I do. Um, and for me, it's like joy is being able to accept your life exactly as it is like in this moment right now, that means accepting all its imperfections, all the things that you kind of want to fix or change about it, but it's accepting like, this is, this is where I'm at right now and being able to embrace it with gratitude and wonder. And I think gratitude and wonder are two big things of joy. And for me, having a gratitude practice has been a a really big, big thing. Um, gratitude, I know it gets thrown out a lot, but it's a, it's a game changer. And I always say with gratitude, you have to get specific with it. Like, you know, you just can't be like, I'm grateful for my family. It's like, no, I'm grateful for the phone call I had yesterday with my sister where we were able to talk about X, Y, and Z. The more it feels like, you know, visceral, I think gratitude really can, can lift us up. And wonder is all about just like being able to celebrate and to be able to savor where you're at in life. Right. So like when I would mess up at the Met, yeah, I mean, of course there'd be, it's not like I was just able to bypass it and be like, you're perfect. You're amazing. Don't worry. No, you know, I, I, I was like, okay, this is what happened. This is how I can fix it. But I didn't like, you know, I think a lot of us, what we do is we punish ourselves over and over again, thinking that that's going to fix it next time. And that just kind of just robs you of the present moment instead. So for me, it was like, okay, this happened. I'm going to fix it, but it's like, 
like, you're, you just made a mistake at the Metropolitan Opera. That's pretty amazing. You know, like that's pretty fantastic. So it's really being able to celebrate and savor where we're also at. Cause there's always something to be able to celebrate and to savor and to be grateful for. I love that. So let's just talk a little bit about facing fears, because I know that's one of the things you like to teach your workshops is just how to face your biggest fears without letting them define you. Can mm-hmm. you give us a few practical tips? I know you want to save them for your workshops, but there's anything you can give <laughs> our audience today for freezies. Yeah, I mean, I think with fear, we all have, I think one of our biggest fears sometimes is actually saying what we really want and need in life. I know I work with a lot of women and this is like a big thing of like really putting into the world, putting into the universe, putting into our communities. This is what I really want. This is what I really need right now. And I think one of the biggest things is we get so caught up in the story of who we are right? Whether that story is outside of us, people projecting it onto us, or that story is a story we've made up about ourselves, right? And I know for a lot of us, it's like a story is I'm a failure, like I'm a failure, or I don't make good decisions, or I can't be trusted. And one of my biggest things with fear is like, okay, first put out into the universe, what is the thing that you want? Write it down, tell people. And then what's the thought that pops up in your mind? What is that fearful thought that pops up in your mind? And how does that make you feel? How does it feel thinking that thought? How does it feel thinking that story? And then to reframe it, how would you like to feel, right? Like, how would you like to feel about this? And then create a new thought that, that really supports that, that feeling. You know, I think that's the best way is to what we need to really be conscious of is the way that we think. It's that first thought that pops up into your mind. I just saw this amazing Twitter, this the tweet, and the person said, you know, the first thought that we have isn't who we are. It's the conditions that are in us, right? The first thought you have about something, that's not who you are. That is what you've been conditioned to think, right? And then go to that second or third or fourth thought. So that for me was a huge game changer. And it's something that I really work with my clients. It's like, you do not have to believe your thoughts. You do not have to believe your stories. Let's create something new. Let's create something empowering because you do not need to feel anything less than amazing and supported and empowered in your day-to-day life. I love that. And I love how um, concrete those tips are. Because I think sometimes it's like, oh, be aware of your thoughts or be this. But it's like, then what do you what do? You do? How do you break through that? I think that that's... Um a really kind of tangible way to do that. I know that when we were in in New York, we also talked a lot about your weight loss journey. Can you kind of apply maybe some of that storytelling to yourself there? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll, I'll share some of that. So I, I just grew up, I was like the chubby kid. I was super cute. You know, like how chubby is cute up until a certain point. And then it's just, then it's not chubby anymore. Then it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I was always kind of like the biggest girl. And, um, I grew up in a town in a city where everyone was super athletic. I grew up in the West coast of Canada and that's where Lululemon was created. So that's just like, yeah, that's where I grew up in the, the town, the hub of Lululemon. And I just felt like so unlovable. I just felt so out of place. Um, and so just like not comfortable with who I was and, you know, I, I had a huge moment for myself um, in college. I was starting college and I realized that the weight 
what I perceived as well, what I thought was holding me back was my weight, right? Like I wanted to do all these things. I wanted to travel. I wanted to, um, you know, start dating. I wanted to do all these things. And at the time I thought that it was the weight that was holding me back. Of course, now I know it was me. I was the only thing that was holding me back, but that kind of, for me, the stakes were that high that I started to, um, exercise more. And I did it in a really healthy way. I just was very, very confident that I just, I wasn't obsessive about it. I don't know what clicked for me, but I, you know, I just started around the block. You know, at the time I was, I weighed 240. So I started very small. I had your choices. And I shifted, I think I really shifted the story from you're going to fail to let's just see what happens. And sometimes I think we think that the new thought has to be something like amazing, like you're the best in the world and you can do this. But it was literally like, let's just see what happens. Like, this is a new day. Let's go for another run and let's just see what happens. And I think that I had to just do that. And then the shift started happening and then the changes started happening with my energy and with my health. And then it was like, Oh, my body's starting to change too. And that looks really great. But like the changes that happened, I think with my lifestyle were really what, um, brought the point home to me where I was like, I want to continue doing this. And so that's kind of where it started. But, um, yeah, I think now that I think about it, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's what happened. Exactly what happened. Yeah. Well, and I would be remiss as a fitness podcaster if I didn't follow that up with asking what kind of workouts and fitness and exercise stuff are you into now? First started uh, a lot of cardio. Um, loved Zumba. I would do that all the time. And um, but those things were great. I felt so uncomfortable in the gym. And um, then I I went to a gym and I got a trainer. And that's when I got obsessed with strength training. I love strength training. And now most of the workouts I do are, you know, strength training, heavy lifting. And I, I love it because the focus isn't on like being smaller. It's about actually getting stronger and being bigger. And I love when I see like a muscle pop through. I love when I see like, you know, I can add maybe five or 10 more pounds to my deadlift. And it just, it, you know, it shifted the whole experience. The why of going to the gym wasn't like why it's not because I want to get smaller. It's because I want to like actually show up more and be bigger. So right now I love, love, love strength training and, and heavy lifting. So you say you want to help women find more purpose, passion, and joy. So how does one do this when they are going through a particularly tough time? And I'm asking for a friend, and that friend kind of looks just like me, and her name rhymes with Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> so what if, I'm going to be greedy. What advice could you give me? Yeah, so you're, are you, you're trying to find more purpose, passion, and joy, and it's yes. kind of a, a crazy time in your life right now? Yep. Okay. One of the things that I, I really try to focus on with my clients, if they're going through a really tough time in life is, you know, we get so caught up on what we should be doing. And I think we forget how we want to be like how we, how we want to be being, <laughs> if I had to put it in like bad English, mm -hmm. but it's like, don't get so caught up on what you should be doing, but focus on who you want to be in this moment right now. And I think that it's like, then focus on like, Oh, I want to be okay. Well, I want to be joyful. I want to be present. I want to be um, excited. And then, then think of things that will support that and think of those things on a really small scale at first. And I think we think so large when we think of words like 
purpose and passion and joy. And actually all these things are really subtle. You know, when I think of my life trajectory and I don't even know where I'm going to be in 10 years, I can only do small things that will help me become the person I want to become. I do not know the exact plan and path of how to get there. But I know I can make small choices right now that will help me feel, you know, my values are joy and passion and present. So I can make decisions right now. What can help me become like that? You know, whether it's taking actually 20 minutes off and connecting with my sister, um, whether that is, you know, just doing some volunteer work. So I think, I think it's just thinking much more small. And I think it's also focusing on who you want to be. And that's that I, I would do it that way. Okay. So much to that <laughs> point of being, which yes. I love, um, you also introduced Chris and I to the concept of, and actually led us through uh, a meeting that was a view of us meeting our future, our future self, kind of sitting down and envisioning what a future you would look like and act like and how she would greet you. And it was a really powerful experience. Like most of us for crying. Um, <laughs> Okay, maybe I just cried enough for everyone, but um, <laughs> that's fine. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, how you came up with that meditation and then maybe how people can get, get a glimpse of that at home to help them with some of these things? Yeah, so I actually, I did that meditation for the first time. Um, it was led by um, Tara Brock, who's this incredible, incredible uh, Buddhist psychotherapist, and she did something similar to that. It wasn't exactly what I do, but it was the first time that I'd ever um, thought of myself, not in terms of what I would be doing in 10 years, but who I was in 10 years in, in terms of like energetically, in terms of presence, in terms of like how I showed up in the world. And it was life altering for me. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is the key. Like this is the key. We need to be more in touch with this person. And um, I think when we get in touch with that person, we're really getting in touch with our true self, our intuition, you know, our highest self. And so that's kind of where that work started was um, seeing the shift that happened to me because I started making decisions based on my future self. Like, what would my future self be doing right now? Because when I met my future, future self, she was just so calm and confident and she was so sure of herself and like so joyful. And so now when I think of like the decisions I make, I'm like, how can I be that person? Um, and so one way that I think that people can tap into that is really, I mean, one, work with me. That's number one. But number two is, you know, when you think of yourself, think of yourself in 10 years time and not in terms of what you're doing, but in 10 years how do you want to be living? Like when you walk into your future home in 10 years, what does that home feel like? You know, what does that home kind of give the energy of? And then when you see yourself, what is that woman like? Right? Like, how does she greet you? How does she um, move? How does she hold herself? And that's what we need to be focusing more on is the, is the way that person is. Um, so yeah, so those would be my, my tips and advice. So I'm still percolating a little on um, what you said a little while ago about how you really shifted your, your thinking to um, let's just see what happens. And it seems like that was a really effective mantra for you um, at that time in your life. And I wonder, it, it kind of has me thinking, 
How much importance do you think when it comes to creating a mantra, how much importance is, how important is the actual word and how important is the meaning that you instill in that word? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, I like, I think mantras and affirmations are so incredibly powerful, but I know, I know this to be true that you have to have a kernel of belief in that mantra. So, you know, I think especially with like something like the body positivity movement, it's like a lot of people are saying, you know, like look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful. Well, that's like, you know, if you've been living your life, like 20 plus years of thinking I'm ugly or I'm not worthy, you can't just shift in a day and look in the the mirror and say, I'm beautiful, right? Like, yes, we want to get there and we want to really believe that. But for me, it's like, let's, let's take it slow. Like, what can we actually believe that will make us feel a little bit better today? So a lot of the times with my clients uh, for mantras and affirmations, it'll be something like, I am willing to see the beauty in myself today, or I'm working towards seeing my beauty. Um, Every day I feel more and more beautiful. So I think things like that are much more resonant when you are starting out with mantras and affirmations. Let's talk a little bit about self-care. What are your favorite tips for that, for self-care, especially once again, going through a tough time or whatever, if you've had 20 years of self nagging, self-doubt, you know, those voices in your head, how, how do you preserve yourself? What do you do for self-care? What do you recommend for people? So for me, self-care is such a huge part of the equation and self-care is going to look different day to day. And I think one of the biggest things with self-care is knowing yourself. And that's really tough for a lot of women, because I think for a lot of us, we have gotten out of touch with who we are. Like we don't trust ourselves anymore. And self-care really comes back to self-trust, which is like being able to ask yourself in this moment, what do I truly, truly need? You know, it's like when you wake up in the morning and you're like, I don't want to go to the gym. Like, I don't want to go at all. And it's being able to decipher which voice is self-care, which is like, you know, you're really tired and you really need a day off. So let's just rest today. And or the voice that's just kind of like, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm not motivated. I just don't want to do this. Right. And sometimes it's really hard to distinguish between those two voices. But I feel like for a lot of women, we just power through and we don't even listen to ourselves anymore. So that's a big component of self-care is knowing yourself and trusting yourself. Because some days for me, self-care is, you know, binge watching Netflix and I will not care about it because I'm like, this is actually for me right now to fill up my battery. Um, someday self-care is, you know, like having time with my community. Sometimes it's actually going through my bank statements and, you know, figuring out what the heck is happening. So self-care for me is like really broad. It's an investment in myself. It's whatever I need in that moment to help me feel more balanced and grounded in, in who I am and, and what is coming up for me. So, so that's a big component of self-care for me. I love that too, because it's not just like, oh, I take a bubble bath. Like, oh, I get a massage. Right. Like sometimes I kind of need the truth. It was just like, you know what? You don't want to go to the gym, but your day is going to be so much better if you go to the gym. So it's that kind of inner knowing. Um, Yeah. I love that. Curious. So for all the different women and people that you've worked with who have come in with, I'm sure, you know, they come in and they have different, different goals they want to achieve. At the end of the day, are we all just kind of like... (laughs) 
trying to do the same thing, but it's just kind of manifesting in, in quote unquote problems outside, whether it's like, you know, shopping or weight or relationships. Is there one core issue that you see that it almost always comes down to, or is it always individual? Well, okay. So I love this question because it's so funny. The more women I work with, I'm like, God damn it. We're just all the same person, aren't right? we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and what I think is so important about like, cause we met on a retreat. Um, but I think it's so important for all of us to be more vulnerable and open with one another because we all think we're an Island unto ourselves when it comes to our problems. Like I am the only one experiencing this. No one else feels this way. Everyone else has it together. And when we open up to one another as women, gosh, there is just so much similarity, right? And it doesn't even matter whether what background you come from. It's like you got, we open up and it's like, wow, I didn't know that you experienced the same thing that I was experiencing. So I do think we are just so similar. And, you know, I don't know if it's just like one thing, but a lot of, I think a lot of it stems from, you know, the ideas of like self-worth, self-love and self-trust and self-compassion. I'm going to throw that in there too. (laughs) So those four things are things that I think as women, we just don't have a very good relationship with if we're not intentionally and purposefully, you know, doing work to heal those things. So yeah, self-worth, self-trust, self-compassion and self-love. Same as it ever was. Yeah. <laughs> Same as it ever was. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So Sharon, tell us about what's, what's next for you? What is coming up? Um, because I feel like you, you seem to have your fingers in lots of pots and spinning lots of plates and I don't know, whatever other cliche I can throw at you. <laughs> um, so what else is going on? Yeah. So I have um, a lot going on. I do a lot of public speaking. I do workshops. Um, and I also have private clients. So, um, I have my clients that I work with online remotely from anywhere in the world. And I also have group coaching programs. So, um, I will be launching one in the fall of 2018 and then in the spring of 2019. So those are, it's a really, really incredible program. It's, it's three months and we like, it's, we dive deep into self-transformation and, see how we can let go of what is holding you back. So, so those are the big things that are are coming up. But if um, you join my email list, uh, you can find everything and you're the first person to know about everything that's happening. Awesome. And we're going to make sure to have links to all of that in the show notes, guys. So if you're listening to this, um, just go to fitbottomgirls.com forward slash podcast, and you'll be able to see everything that you need to see. And in the meantime, please tell us where can people find you on social media? Yeah. So on Instagram, I am wholehearted coaching, one word, wholehearted coaching. Uh, On Facebook, I'm wholehearted coach. And those are the two best places to find my work. And do you ladies have any uh, further questions for her? I mean, unless, do you have anything else new coming up? Like you have a new goal you're working on or anything? Honestly, so this summer, um, I just wrote a post about this, but I am such a worrier. And this summer, I committed to a worry-free summer. And it's been a really kind of transformational and difficult time. I didn't realize how much I relied on worrying to, to kind of help me feel like I'm being productive. Like I bought into this myth that 
if you worry, it means you're working hard. If you worry, it means that you're like, you know, busy doing things. And I just realized actually the worry is making my life twice as hard. You know, all these things I want to do, the worry is trying to protect me. What it's doing is it's actually making me feel like I'm running mud. So um, I took up a mantra of the sum of this can be easy. It can be easy. This can be easy. And um, it's been it's been challenging, but it's been a really good challenge in, in realizing, like, when is worry actually necessary? And when is worry just the ego coming to, like, you know, get you out of your present and get you out of your joy? So, yeah, yeah it's been it's been interesting. And just habitual, right? I mean, just. Oh, kind of habitual like you don't even probably don't even realize how much you're worried until you actually start to pay attention to yes. it <laughs> it's like so true and I know like I'm talking I'm sure your audience and you guys we're all really ambitious driven women with like multiple things going on in our lives whether that's family relationships friends goals projects or health and it's like yeah that's going to be stressful right that's just like let's just have a given it is stressful uh, there's a lot to do but when we bring worry onto that equation we just make it so much harder on ourselves, you know, so it's, it's not necessary. Mm. Any lasting bits of wisdom or advice or anything you like to leave our listeners with today? I mean, I, I think one of my things is, you know, connect with your community. I just can't like stress that enough. Like find groups of women that make you feel alive that make you feel seen and heard and who challenge you in good ways and who let you cry on their shoulder when you really just need to. I think that is one of the most, um, the most amazing things that a woman can have in her life is an incredible community. So I would really, really encourage everyone to find that for themselves. Mm. I would also add, find someone who, when you're holding them up in a handstand in yoga, won't drop you on your head. Unlike <laughs> I did. Chirin. So, um, no, 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 no. That was, uh, yeah. no, you were fantastic. That was me. I didn't trust myself. My self trust just wasn't there. Because <laughs> you put your trust in me and I blew it. Oh, no, um, she's fine. Everything's fine. She yeah. had a really good ponytail going. It was, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have one last question that we like to ask all of our guests, and I'm extremely excited to ask this of you. And that is, what is the last song you listened to before you joined us for this podcast? Oh my gosh, the last song that I listened to right before I joined the podcast. Oh my gosh, I feel like, oh gosh, it was John Legend, Made to Love. I love John Aww. Legend. Aww. <laughs> He's great. That's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to say my boyfriend and I, we have a little playlist that we um, add to every day that we're apart from one another. And when I'm feeling just a little bit like I need a connection to just love, I'll put the playlist on. And that was the last song that came on was, was that song. That's that is so sweet. Little relationship tip. Yes. Try do, that. do you sing along? Because yeah. I feel like that's a much better situation than when I sing along. Okay, listen, this is a total myth. Okay, I am an opera singer. I'm terrible at pop singing. Like, really? Want... Yes. You put me in a karaoke situation and everyone is like, who is this person that they put on stage? Like, what is happening? Take the mic away from her. 
I, I don't know what it is. Like I can care, obviously I can carry a tune. It's fine, but it's like, it's nothing to write home about. It's nothing, but like, you know, give me like Disney musical theater. I'll do something wonderful with that, but pop music. Oh God. Ooh, it's not good. Ladies. It's not good. Could you like opera it somehow? The pop? I, could, but that just, I mean, that just sounds so cheesy. I mean, come yeah. on. Oh, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I could. No, I could. And it's a great suggestion. But I'm like, I want to sound like John Legend. I want to sound like Aretha Franklin. And yeah, no, no. Instead, it doesn't you sound like Sharon, and that's pretty cool. I do. And that is very cool. Yes. Thank you for that reminder. <laughs> Love this show? Tell us why in a five star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay. Well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitboundgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening.